given name. Jim Olson is my name. And uh, I have the privilege and honor of serving here at Bethel Christian Fellowship as of April 1st, 20 years. And uh, what a joy it is and privilege to be a part. And... Um, People were asking me last week, I, we visited Bethel, Minneapolis, and throughout the week is just have run across various folks. People say, so how are you feeling? Are, well, are, are you nervous? Are you anxious? Are you excited? Um, yes, yes, yes. Um, most of all, I'm grateful. Profoundly grateful. Profoundly grateful for the goodness of the Lord. Um, as he has extended it in our lives um, and in the life of this body uh, over this past year of opportunity. And I'm looking forward this morning to sharing with you the word that the Lord has put in my heart for this year, 2010. Year of. Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, let me just, uh, for a moment, it's, it, you know, it's been since June since I've preached. Uh-oh, everybody says, yeah. I heard what Andrew said here last week so while he was preaching. So, And I, I told Minneapolis to pa pa pack a lunch. So, um, you know, that's what we fed you beforehand. And maybe you got a little baggie of Cheerios and, you know, just, you know. All right. Um, just a, a few brief uh, updates on our household. Um, probably the most exciting thing that's happened, happened right here, right here two weeks ago. How many of you were here two weeks ago? Saw that? All right. Two weeks ago, right here at this spot, my future son-in-law, Nate Tcherkovsky, <laughs> got down on one knee and asked my daughter, Eleanor, to marry him. She said yes. And we're really happy about that, and so is Nate. So, yeah, he, he took the plunge there. So that was fun. So, June 19th, you're all invited to the party of the summer. So, all right. Emily and Michael are doing great. They're out in Seattle. Actually, Michael's right now in Florida. Warm, sunny Florida, doing, uh, continuing with uh, his horse training preparation. He's uh, becoming a natural horse trainer. My son-in-law, my daughter, is in uh, her first year of her master's program at the University of Washington in museology, museum education. Eleanor's working downtown Chicago and preparing now for a wedding. Hey, gals, between Monday and Wednesday, he asked her on Sunday, between Monday and Wednesday, they got a reception site, caterer, wedding dress, and bridesmaids dresses all done in three days. That's what I'm talking about. All right. Woo! Just go, girl. So, Miss um, Claire and Noah are here, of course. Claire, a ninth grader, and Noah, a fourth grader at Nova. And my beautiful, precious wife, Annette, working, uh, some of you know, uh, Beginning in September, she's been working full-time now at the school where the kids are as an educational assistant and uh, also continuing to go to school in preparation and training for becoming a spiritual director. 
And then there's me, and uh, I have been busy, people. Um, just ask Mora. Mora must be back with the... Oh, there you are, Mora. Yeah. Mora, have I been busy? Yes, yes I have been busy. And uh, Mora, my trusty clerical assistant. And um, in my doctoral work, uh, I am about 85% of the way there on my thesis. So, yes, I have three weeks to go uh, before my drop-dead date when it has to be in. So um, just pray that I'll be able to finish strong. And then I have one final project to do, which uh, will only be a challenge because once I'm done with the thesis, I'm like, I'm done. I'm already done, and I'm not quite done. But pray for me, um, and uh, God willing, I'll be graduating on June the 5th this year. So I'll have my defense. My oral defense will happen sometime at the end of February. I know Peggy will be praying for me and others. uh, And uh, just excited. It's been a wonderful journey. And I'm so, so glad. And thank you to the leadership and to this congregation for giving me the opportunity to uh, take this time. I could not have done it without that. So thank you. I am deeply, deeply grateful. I was really thrilled when I was in the lobby this morning and uh, I'm Sierra Hegstrom came to me and said, wow, we have a new young hip pastor. <laughs> and she was looking at me, not at Pastor Sam. So, um, you know, we're, we're, you know I'm, I'm just trying to keep up with Pastor Dave and Pastor Sam here. I got to do a little more with the hair. You know, I got to do a bit more of this to, to get the full effect, but... I actually tried it last night and asked my wife, eh, maybe not so much, but, you know, (laughs) so, um, anyway, that's all right. (laughs) Well, for those of you that are new here at Bethel, um, each year I have the privilege of uh, presenting to you, and I can't find my clicker now, so... You gave it to me. Oh, here it is. I have so many things. I'm, oh, yes. It was a really nice remark to you. I turned 50 on November 28th, just in case, yeah, anybody's keeping track of that. So I'm, uh, I'm proud. What's that? Youngster. Youngster. Thank you. Thank you. Well, 50 is the new 40, so there we are. All right. Good. Um, I, I am going to preach. Okay. We're going to get there. So. Like I said, it's just been a while. i got to you know, kind of crank the pump here for just a moment. So, um, Each year I have the privilege of sharing a theme message for the year. And over the last couple of years, our lifelines have uh, gone back and done retrospectives on all of those uh, previous themes. And so you can look back in the archives and come back all the way back to 1991. Um, and see the various themes as they've been laid out over these years. And uh, the lifeline really is wonderful. I read the whole thing last night, and I'm just alive here. Um, And uh, they are fabulous, and uh, I just encourage you to read that. And um, each year... What's that? Music stand? Oh, I don't know. Should we be that old? All right. They moved the communion on me, which was... Great, but left me without uh, something to... Now I'll do this. All right. Okay. 
There we go. At least I'll have something to lay it on that won't fall off. There we are. Good. All right. It's like getting back up on a bike. All right. <laughs> oh, my. All right. So each year I have this privilege of giving a prophetic word to the congregation of what the Lord has put in my heart for this year. And I'm so excited to share with you what the Lord has for us this year. I, if there's, I don't know if you can, you can't ever rank, you know, because they're all from the Lord and you can't put them in sort of a, you know, one, two, three. But I'll tell you, I don't know that I've ever been as clear and as, and as expectant about what the Lord has for us this year. And uh, that's just been confirmed over and over again. The Lord gave me this theme back in April and uh, has already been unfolding it in my own life this this year in preparation for what he has, in this past year, in preparation for what he has this year. So just a, a brief retrospective of a couple of previous uh, themes here, and maybe uh, you remember some of these. In 2005 was our year of destiny. That was our 75th anniversary year as a congregation, and uh, you remember uh, these beautiful bulletin covers that uh, Greta Sanquist has been producing these last many years, and uh, the year of destiny. In 2006 was a year of bounty, Psalm 65, and uh, the bounty of the Lord. In 2007 was our year of inheritance, and uh, the inheritance of the Lord, of the nations, and of the goodness of God. In 2008 was our year of outpouring. And, of course, you still have the bulletin cover from this past year, 2009, the year of opportunity. And so here we are, 2010. And now I am delighted to share with you that 2010 will be a year of... Okay. Thank you, Liz. So predictable. All right. So let's um, go back, as we have for the last nine years, to a prophetic scripture that has guided our steps as a congregation. It's from Haggai chapter 2, verses 1 through 9. So if you have your Bible or you want to pull the Bible out from in front of you and find it right towards the end of the Old Testament, one of the... Later books there, among the Old Testament prophets, Haggai chapter 2, right between Zephaniah and Zechariah, so don't flip too quick, Zechariah is followed by Malachi, which is the last book, so third to last book in the Old Testament, Haggai chapter 2. On the 21st day of the seventh month, the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Speak to Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, to Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and to the remnant of the people, and ask them, Who of you is left who saw this house in its former glory? How does it look to you now? Does it not seem to you like nothing? But now be strong, O Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. Be strong, O Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Be strong, all you people of the Lord, and work. 
For I am with you, declares the Lord Almighty. This is what I covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt, and my spirit remains among you. Do not fear. This is what the Lord says. In a little while, I will once more shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. I will shake all nations, and the desired of all nations will come. And I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord Almighty. The silver is mine, the gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. And the glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, says the Lord Almighty. And in this place I will grant peace, declares the Lord Almighty. Now, from that scripture over the last nine years, we have been walking through, and in fact we are re-walking through these steps even now, as a congregation and as a leadership, of the steps that the Lord has given us in terms of prophetic instruction out of this passage. The first piece He has given us is to do a ministry audit. How does it look to you now? The first instruction He gave us was to look over the landscape of our life together as a congregation and ask the question, how does it look to you now? To do an in-depth audit of our life together and discover how are we fulfilling the calling and the destiny that He has given to us. The second word He gave us was to increase capacity. The glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house. It's going to be larger. It's going to be more extensive, more expansive. So you need to increase your capacity, first of all internally and then externally, in order to receive the fullness of what He intends to do. Thirdly, step into the traces. Be strong, all you people of the Lord, and work. Be strong and work. Step into the tracing. Step into the, to the patterns that I have given to you. Step into the leads, those leather leads that go to a, 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 a horse, um, a series of horses. They have those leather leads, the traces. Step into that. Step in unity. Walk in unity with my spirit and with one another. Step in and work. Be strong. Do not fear. My spirit remains among you. Don't be afraid. What a wonderful song the choir sang this morning. Don't be afraid. I'm with you. My spirit is still with you. Whatever you're going through. I know some of you are going through profoundly difficult times right now. The word of the Lord to you right now is my spirit is with you. My spirit is with you. Do not fear. And don't faint. Because in a little while. In a little while. It's Friday, but Sunday's coming. In a little while. Oh yeah, there is a crucifixion, but beyond the crucifixion, there is a resurrection! In a little while. Don't faint. Don't give up. In a little while. And I'm going to shake. Oh yeah. For three years, the word shift hung over the house. <laughs> a dislodging, a repositioning, an acceleration, an intensification. There was a whole lot of moving, shaking going on. But a year ago, the Lord released the next word of instruction. This is the, this is the, 
one of the large words that we're living under as a congregation in this season of time. So I invite you and exhort you to keep living in this place. And that is the place of expect. Because the Lord says, I will come. I will fill. I will grant shalom. Oh yeah, the translation says peace, but the Hebrew is more full and encompassing than what we think of as peace. It's shalom. It's the justice and mercy and the fullness of the goodness of God just flowing in the life of His people, individually, corporately, and the community at large. I'm going to grant shalom. Expect. So this morning, I want to invite you. In fact, I'm going to, I'm going to pray right now. We're going to ask the Lord right now to give us. In fact, Ludovic, could you come? Are you, Ludovic, could you please come? I'm going to ask you to pray. Ludovic, one of our elders, I'm going to ask you to pray for the word for this year and for our hearts to be expectant. Would you please pray, my friend and brother? I'll stand on this side. Heaven the Father, we give glory to you, we give praise to you, we give thanks to you, Lord. Yes. For your spiritual warehouse, Lord, it's never empty. And renew, Lord, second by second, to flowing through us, Lord, and for us. And Father God, we pray this morning, as we come, Lord, we all come in, Lord, with an empty truck this morning. <laughs> and Lord, are we ready for you to feel us, Lord? Yes. Lord, we are just on the port, Father God. And we wait, Lord, for you to unload your servant, Lord, and do us, Father God. And this morning, oh Lord, I pray that the Holy Spirit, the Spirit yes. of the living God, and occupy our heart, mm-hmm. that the enemy don't have no place around it. Amen. And enough for the, the word of truth, the word of life, the eternal words, Father God, will come, oh Lord, come with, with all his, his power, come, oh Lord, and with all its truth, come, oh Lord, uh, the way, your Father God, uh, you will listen and we will receive it, Lord, uh, from you. And, uh, Lord, uh, to carry on your kingdom here on earth, Father God. Amen. And, Father God, I pray, Lord, uh, Father God, just like you said, Lord, the spirit of the living God is on me. And he sent me to proclaim freedom to the captive. And this morning, uh, Lord, I pray that the Holy Spirit can come over, Pastor, Father God. And then, uh, Lord, as you come to release this word, Father God, and we know, Lord, it's not His word, Father God, but Your word. And come true to us, Father God. And then, Lord, and we will take this word, Lord, and move on and continue to do Your will. Father God, we pray for the spirit of continuing, Father God. Yes. To come as we come to continue to do Your will here at Bethel Christian Fellowship. And then, Lord, thank you, Lord, this morning uh, at this uh, time, uh, Father God, we have uh, two servants of uh, Father God who leave this place, uh, Father God, to carry this word, Father God, with them uh, to India and to Haiti. 
Father God, and we pray that each and everyone in this house, Father God, can receive this word and carry on in the workplace and wherever, Lord, you, Lord, Father God, want this word that we'll share. Father God, we will. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All right. Thank you. If you turn to Luke chapter 15. This is the prophetic picture of what the Lord is, has for us this year as a congregation. Luke chapter 15. And I'm just going to go ahead and read this familiar parable. And a parable is simply a window into a deeper reality. And so there's, um, there's a deep reality in this prophetic picture uh, that the Lord wants to unpack to us. And... Over the next five weeks, after I share the message this morning, um, Pastor Dave and Tom will be bringing the word for the next five weeks here in St. Paul and Pastor Sam in Minneapolis. And they're going to be following up on the word from this morning, and we'll tell you more about that later. But, um, and then I'm back six weeks from now uh, from, from my sabbatical. So we're going to be unpacking this in depth. So I won't preach the whole series this morning, I promise. Um, but I want to I share with you um, some very particular things that the Lord has put in my heart for us leading into this year's theme. Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons, and the younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all that he had and set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. And he longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I'm going to set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. And he ran to his son and threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet and bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And so they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older boy was in the field. And when he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called out, to one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. And the older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him, but he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you 
and never disobeyed your orders, yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. And when this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you're always with me. Everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. The parable of the prodigal son has alternately been called the parable of the loving father. (laughs) And embedded in this picture this morning, There are some very profound truths that will serve as the foundation for the theme for this year. And our focus is going to be primarily on the first half of this scripture. We're not even going to get into the whole, there's a whole message around the older brother. I'm not going to go there this morning, deliberately. We're going to focus here on the journey of the younger boy. Comes back. Now, you have to have the picture here. This this picture, I mean, is culturally shocking to his hearers who are hearing Jesus share this. I mean, here is this, this son who has the audacity to go to his dad and say, give me your inheritance before he's died. Number one, to ask for the inheritance ahead of time is one strike against you. To ask it out of turn, the younger brother, the audacity. But it tells us something about the heart of the father. That even though he comes out of place, out of turn, out of time, the father gives to him. And the son goes off to a far country. And while he's there, you know, I mean, he's he's a child of wealth. He has status, he has standing, he has all the goods, and there's all kinds of people who are just waiting to plug into him and suck him dry. And then there is a severe famine in the land. How many of you know that God is really good about sending very strategically placed famines into our lives? Anybody ever had a famine? (laughs) Show up. When the famine comes, he remembers. He remembers how it was back home. He remembers what it was like in Papa's house. And the first step in the journey home is the step of remembering. It's recognition 
that leads to revelation. When he came to his senses, when he recognized how far things had gotten away from where they should be, that he's there, I mean the shocking thing, he's there, first of all, that he sells himself out to a pig farmer. He becomes a slave of a pig farmer. And he's so hungry, he wants to even eat the pods from the pigs. This would, you know, for a, for a Jew. This would be like eating the food offered to demons. It doesn't get lower than that. But he recognized. And that recognition brought a revelation. It reminded him he remembered. One of my favorite psalms, Psalm 42. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Where can I go and meet with God? Here the psalmist is in a desert place. He's in a famine. He says... My tears have been my food all day and night while men say to me all day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul. How I used to go with the multitude leading the procession to the house of God with shouts of joy and thanksgiving among the festive throng. Why are you so downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God for I will yet praise Him, my Savior and my God. My soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I will remember you. From the lands of the Jordan, the heights of Hermon, from Mount Mizar, deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. By day, the Lord directs his love. At night, his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffering mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, where is your God? Why are you so downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. For I will yet praise Him, my Savior and my God. Again, I know many of you are in very difficult places right now. But I want to remind you to remember today. Remember. Remember! Recognize, yes, where you are, but let that be a window into a revelation of where He wants to take you. Return. When He came to His senses, He said, I'm going back. I'm going to return to Papa's house. Because I remember what it was like there. How many of my father's men have food to spare. Here I am starving to death. And here's the next key. I will arise. I will set out. I will return. Revelation leads to a response. There must be an action. You all know, I've shared it more times than you care to remember, (laughs) 
that obedience means to listen and do. With that revelation, with a recognition, comes that revelation, and with that revelation, it simply must then issue forth in a action, a response. The prophet Hosea, one of my favorite, whoop, I'll go back for a moment. One of my favorite scriptures, Hosea chapter 6. Hosea chapter 6. Verses 1 to 3. Come, let us return to the Lord, for He has torn us to pieces, but He will heal us. He has injured us, but He will bind up our wounds. After two days, He will revive us. On the third day, He will restore us, that we may live in His presence. Let us acknowledge the Lord. Let us press on to acknowledge Him. As surely as the sun rises, He will appear. He will come to us like the winter rains, like the spring rains that water the earth. If we call, He will answer. He will come. Rain on us. When we return, revelation leads to a response. response of repentance we turn around we turn around we start walking back I'm going home I'm coming back Lord and that leads to a reconciliation do you get the picture do you have any idea how profound this picture is. Completely out of any kind of cultural norm that you could possibly imagine, this elderly Asian man hikes up his skirts. And in a town in Palestine, this is probably a pretty public event. And the boy's coming home and he's rehearsing all the stuff that he's going to tell daddy. And daddy's waiting for him. And he sees his boy coming and he hikes up. Oh boy, I got some socks on today. All right, he hikes up his skirts. And he goes running and he throws his arms around him. Begins to kiss him on the neck. My boy is home. This is, this is Papa's heart for you, for me, for us. Second Corinthians chapter five. He has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making His appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. 
God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. As God's fellow workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. For he says, in the time of my favor, I heard you in the day of salvation. I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. If you are in the sound of my voice today, you're either here right in this room this morning or you hear this as it goes out over the wondrous airwaves, however that works on the internet and all that stuff that I don't understand. You're hearing this word. I'm telling you right now, today is the day of salvation. Right now. God longs for nothing more than to reconcile, to be reconciled with you. He has done all of the work on the cross. We celebrated it earlier. His body was broken. His blood was spent so that you might be reconnected with the living God. Today is the day of salvation. Would you today take the step to be reconnected with Him because a response of repentance will lead to a reconnection with Papa. Response leads to reconnection. It's relationship. It's all about relationship. I was talking to a guy at the Y this week who's not walking with the Lord and has been, whatever, we just got talking. He was talking about religion and all the things, whatever, and I just, I love being able to say, you know what? You're right. Religion. Don't work very well, does it? But I'm telling you, it ain't about religion. It's all about relationship with Jesus. That's that's what he's after. He just wants to have a relationship. That's what it's about. (laughs) That was fun. Love it. All right, two more. Then we're there. Then comes this rebuilding. This, oh, you know, I love all the parts of this story, so I keep saying, this is the best part. They're all the best part. While he was still a long way off, his father came, kissed him. The son begins to, you know, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your servant. But the father said to his servants, Quick! <laughs> Quick! Bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger, sandals on his feet. My son's forgotten who he is. That's the issue. My boy has forgotten who he is. He needs to be rebuilt. He needs to rediscover. He needs to reclaim his identity as my child. Put the robe on him. Get the, get the sandals on his feet. Get the ring on his finger. So he knows who he is. There's a destiny in every one of your lives. There's nothing that the Lord longs for more than to help you rediscover that. And have that rebuilt in you. 
And when he does, well, let's read Jeremiah 31. I love this scripture, Jeremiah 31. These are all just the heart of God. I'm just telling you the heart of God. The Lord appeared, well, at that time, declares the Lord, I will be the God of all the clans of Israel, and they'll be my people. This is what the Lord says. The people who survived the sword and find favor in the desert, I will come to give rest to Israel. And the Lord appeared to us in the past saying, I've loved you with an everlasting love. I've drawn you with loving kindness. I will build you up again, and you will be rebuilt, O virgin Israel. Again, you're going to take up your tambourines and go out to dance with the joyful. Again, you're going to plant vineyards in the hills of Samaria. And the farmers will plant them and enjoy their fruit. And there will be a day when watchmen cry out on the hills of Ephraim, Come, let us go to Zion, to the Lord our God. When the people of God are rebuilt into who they are in Him. And of course, that brings us to the rejoicing. Because the fattened calf, you know, my son's come home. He's here. So, let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and now he is found. Woo! His reclamation leads to recovery. And we recover. God brings back, you know, I love it. God is the ultimate recycler. He went green before there was green to be green. He's always been green. He takes everything in our lives. He takes everything and recovers all the years the locusts have eaten all the, you know. Come on. Which brings us to Isaiah 61. Which is the other foundational scripture. I'm, I'm not going to preach another message on this. I'm going to read this scripture because this, this gives the picture of what I'm sharing on a corporate level. Because the word that I have that the Lord has given for this year is not only for you individually, but it is for you individually. It's not only for your family, but it is for your family. But it's not only. For your family, it's also for the family of Bethel Christian Fellowship. But it's not only for our family. It's for the family of our brothers and sisters in Christ all over the Twin Cities and all over the world. It is the word of the Lord. It's been His word from the very beginning and it will be His word until He's done. And it's not only a, war, it's not only a word for us in these four walls. It's a word for our community. It's a word for our cities. And Isaiah 61 captures it so beautifully. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. 
He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Now remember Jesus at the beginning of His ministry in Luke 4 quotes these very words. He says, this is what's happened. This is me. This is what I'm doing. And provide and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn. Provide for those who grieve in Zion. Listen up. To bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. The oil of gladness instead of mourning. A garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of His splendor. Listen more. There's more. Yes, there's more. They're going to rebuild the ancient ruins, restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Aliens will shepherd your flocks. Foreigners will work with your fields and vineyards. And you will be called priests of the Lord. You will be named ministers of our God. You will feed on the wealth of nations. And in their riches... You will boast. Instead of their shame, my people will receive a double portion. Instead of disgrace, they will rejoice in their inheritance. And so they will inherit a double portion in their land. And everlasting joy will be theirs. Woo! At Bethel Christian Fellowship, our calling is as a house of prayer for all nations. And as we've been sort of rediscovering that calling, and even as a staff, as we've been praying into this, the Lord has given us kind of a a, a sense of what we're called to in terms of our destiny again. Bethel Christian Fellowship is called to radiate life and joy as a house of prayer for all nations. It's that Isaiah 35 passage again. We're radiating the life and joy. And so that's why I'm going to need some help. Um, I need some, uh, I need Andrew Howard, you need to help with, uh, and Andrew Gross, why don't you guys grab the painting here. Don't unfold it yet, all right? And... um, who likes a ladder? Anybody like a ladder? Who wants a, who's okay with stepping up on it? Seth Anderson, where are you? Are you here, Seth? Seth? Come on up, Seth. Yeah, you're going to be up here anyway in a minute, so you're young. All right. I've already been up on this many a time. All right. There we go. Because you're going to be unveiling that one. All right. And Bruce, can you be ready just to, can you come here and just hold these down? Thanks. <laughs> All right. Now, each year, as a part of the process of releasing this word, I have some incredible artistic people who help us sort of take this and make it alive in artistic form. Amy Watson has done another banner, which is right up here, which you're going to see in a moment. Her and her family are on their way back to Singapore this morning. She was so sad not to be here. Julie Thompson, stand up, Julie, wherever you are. 
Okay, stand up again. Uh, higher. No, oh, turn around and look. <laughs> so Julie has done another incredible banner right over here. Sarah Howard, would you stand up, Sarah, wherever you are? Oh, sorry. Sarah, great with child, has done a painting for BCF Minneapolis. Greta, stand up. Greta's right back by the sound booth. Greta has done yet another incredible bulletin cover, which I've not yet seen. She kept me in suspense this year. Yay. Yay. <laughs> so building on these steps, remember who and whose you are. Return to the only true God, the one. Don't try to keep drinking from your empty, barren cisterns of your own. Come to the wellspring of life. Return to Him who alone has life and joy for you. Be reconciled fully with Him and allow Him to rebuild the destiny and calling of your life. And the destiny and calling in this house. And the destiny and calling in this community. And together we will rejoice. Because this year, 2010, is a year. It was already prayed earlier today. Without even knowing, Shelah, the Lord spoke, it is a year of... Restoration! Come on, guys! Undo. Woo! Come on! Let's give the Lord a hand up! Clap offering! Hallelujah! Come on, stand up to your feet. Come on, let's stand up. Come on, worship team. Hallelujah! Yes. This is... You guys are going to put this down right here. Well, actually, put it right back here. (laughs) Here, we'll set it right against this. There may need to be a gifting or a calling, a destiny that needs to be restored. Maybe... You look around and there's an area in your community that you know needs to be restored. There are places in our community that are hurting and wounded and need to be rebuilt and restored. And we're going to ask the Lord to restore. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Because I'm going to ask you to give a a very specific response to the word this morning. I'm going to ask you to take a pen out or I've got pens right here and I'm going to put Pens on both sides. I'm going to put the box right here. I'm going to ask you to write down what you're asking the Lord to restore this year. I'm telling you, I believe 
and I'm expectant with all my heart. This is a true word of God to this house, to you as his people today. And it is a true word of God for our community. It's his heart from beginning to end. Our God is a God of restoration. Jesus, walk through these pews right now. Share your heart with your people. Begin to bring revelation right now. Bring recognition to bring revelation. And as you bring revelation... May there be a response right now. Respond. Respond. Jesus, you are the restorer of our lives. Jesus, we cry to you right now. Come. Come over your people right now. Spirit of restoration, come. Come right now. Woo! Come. There's just a mighty flood of the Spirit of God right now. Just flowing right now in this house. Mmm, yes. Oh, yes. Write it down. Mm. Mm. In a moment, we're going to come to the altar. Just before we do, Pastor Sam, I don't know. Where are you, Pastor Sam? Okay, you got the... Give me the... Okay. Ushers, I need your help. We're going to pass out right now. What we're doing, we're starting this new series I mentioned next week. It's called Restoring Your Life. I want you to invite a friend, family member, somebody you know who needs to have restoration. I, I need one of those, so come, can you bring me one? And then can you guys, ushers, I just need some ushers. Come on and start passing them out. Let's pass them down the aisles. It's called Restoring Your Life. Have you been feeling a bit on the dry and lifeless side of life? Do you want life and joy for you, your family, and community? So do we. So do we. So you begin to pass these out. Send it. You can send it, you know, if it's too hard for you to actually hand it to somebody, put it in the mail. Jesus. Then I'm going to ask prayer team, if you want to come on up, we're going to, when people, if you can just, on this side and on that side, and let's keep the middle kind of open. So people can get around and come up and I'll even put these closer to the box here. So as you come to bring your needs, I need elders, prayer team folks, pastors, staff, come.
Jesus. There is a powerful release of God's presence right now in the house. There's no Vikings game to get to. This is really good news. I really, I don't care about football, but I, I prayed they'd win so that we wouldn't have, a, they wouldn't have to play today. <laughs> Gives you a lot of time. These folks are here to pray with you. If you want prayer as you come, you bring your, bring your card up. You bring those, bring those things, those offerings. And if you want prayer, just come and step, step right up and get prayer. You can drop off your card. You can hold on to your card, have them pray with you, and then drop it in, whatever you want. God is going to restore. He's going to restore in your life personally. He's going to restore families to this year. He's going to restore um, economically. He's going to restore physically. He's going to restore emotionally. He's going to restore mentally. He's going to restore spiritually. Some of you are going to come into new birth. You haven't even come to Christ yet. This is the day. This is the year. You're going to be restored. There's going to be restoration in your schools and in workplaces. Restoration in your neighborhood and your community. There's restoration.